NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Waylon Wong. The new inflation numbers are out today, and they provided some relief. The consumer price index was up 5% on the year. That's the lowest level in two years. But prices for some things, like food and airlines, are still high. And we know that a lot of the inflation that we've been seeing is businesses raising their prices because their own costs have gone up for commodities like lumber or chicken. But some of those costs have come down from their pandemic peaks. So should we expect businesses to also pass on that price relief? We pose this question to economist Isabella Weber at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. It is, I think, very clear that firms are determined to keep prices where they are. General lowering of prices doesn't seem to be part of the playbook at this point. All right, so case closed. Um, let's go home, Waylon. Uh, let's roll the credits. <laughs> You're ready for a cocktail, Darian. <laughs> this is the shortest indicator ever. Not so fast. Isabella studies what happens with prices when there are big shifts in an economy. And she says the pandemic years reveal a lot about how corporations make pricing decisions. All right, so today on the show, we explore why businesses are loath to cut prices and what they try to do instead when their costs come down. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Certified Financial Planners. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Economist Isabella Weber says corporate pricing decisions are not some arcane, unknowable thing. In fact, executives talk a lot about prices on their quarterly earnings calls. These are conference calls where they discuss their financial results with analysts. The transcripts of these calls are publicly available. So they're a treasure trove of data for researchers like Isabella. We often think about these like very abstract kind of terms of, oh, a curve shifting up or down, right? This curve is not shifting up or down by some magic hand, but it's shifting up or down as a result of a multitude of decisions by corporate leaders. And they're actually telling us what they're doing. So why not listen to what they are saying? We should note that Isabella is part of a small group of economists outside the mainstream who see the last two years of record corporate profits as a major culprit of inflation. Some European central bankers have brought up concerns about this too. Isabella believes that the data, including these earnings calls, show how companies have been jacking up prices more than their costs have risen. And they're talking about raising prices. A Hilton executive said in 2021 that, quote, we're in an inflationary environment and guess what? We can reprice our product every second of every day. And more recently, executives are getting asked about what happens when their costs start to come down. Here's an example from the big chemical company DuPont. In August, CEO Edward Breen was asked. And then where might, you know, you have to give back as, you know, potentially we see some material deflation in the future. 
Yeah, well, John, that is a great question. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Um, so we CEOs, they're just I, like I us. They talk about inflation all the time. Have I got the podcast for them? <laughs> right. And the CEO of DuPont said... Um, and obviously our goal, if a recession hits and commodity costs come down, would be to then get a gap, maintain a gap going forward, where obviously we're maintaining more price than the, you know, the decrease on the commodity. Isabella's interpretation of these comments, keeping prices at that higher level while costs for commodities decrease means a bigger profit margin. And if costs are falling by themselves, this is, of course, kind of a handout to corporations because they can just say, oh, wonderful, costs have gone down, prices stay where they are. We don't even have to do anything and our profit margins go up. Isabella says that's a pretty sweet scenario for companies. On the flip side, their nightmare is a price war. They want to avoid a situation where their competitors are slashing prices and forcing them to slash their prices, and on and on until everyone's profit margins get obliterated. And widening the lens to the economy as a whole, the Federal Reserve doesn't want prices to be falling across the board. That could lead to a situation where businesses don't produce and customers don't want to spend. In other words, deflation. Deflation can be very hard economic problem to have and can create very severe recessionary dynamics. Now, businesses do lower prices all the time. They hold sales and they mark down inventory to get rid of it. And sometimes they cut prices in a general way, like Tesla just discounted all of its vehicles in the U.S. in the face of increased competition. But Isabella says some companies have enough market power that they can keep prices high and avoid lowering them, even when demand goes down. They're insulated to some extent from the usual market forces of supply and demand. In October, PepsiCo CEO Ramon LaGuata was asked how the company would respond to slowing demand. And he responded, our brands have a high value. Consumers and consumers are willing to pay more for our brand. So we'll continue with that, with that philosophy. And we'll see where Isabella the, uh, interprets the CEO's comments as saying people have gotten used to higher prices and are still buying Pepsi products, so there's no need to lower prices. In fact, Isabella says for large corporations, cutting prices is a last resort. Even if demand starts to slip, they have other levers they can pull. Here's one strategy they might try. A company that already makes both a premium version of a product and a less fancy version might nudge customers toward the basic product. You know, like if you can't afford the soft, three-ply, sustainable toilet paper, you can get the one-ply or or the two-ply toilet paper, and the company still gets the sale. Demand, even when it shifts across different um, levels of products, it always stays with the same company, which gives them a lot of bigger room to work with to kind of meet demand where it is that is not through pricing. Another strategy is to introduce a new lower-priced product. It might have fewer features or be smaller, but the company gets to advertise it as something novel and exciting. Smaller businesses can use these techniques too. Greg Majewski is the CEO of Craveworthy Brands. His company owns restaurant brands like Wing It On, a chicken franchise, and Genghis Grill, a chain that serves stir-fry bowls. When you're visiting your different restaurants, do you have to like switch baseball hats depending on, you know, which company you're <laughs> making the rounds for? They definitely do not like when you walk in with the wrong shirt on. We know you're winging it, Greg. <laughs> we know you're winging it. <laughs> 
During the pandemic, Greg saw costs go up for labor, chicken, oil, eggs, the list goes on. He raised menu prices, looked for cheaper substitutions, and negotiated better prices with suppliers. But it was still hard to get costs under control. And with a potential economic slowdown looming, he knew he couldn't just keep charging more. Greg doesn't have the market power of a huge food company. Guests were getting mad about seeing the continual rise in pricing. So we created new menu items and stuff like that. One of Greg's restaurants launched a new line of fried rice bowls starting at $8.49. And then in addition to rolling out new products, Greg did the thing that no business wants to do. He cut some of his prices. One of his chicken sandwiches dropped from $14.99 to $9.99. And he cut the price on some of his stir-fry bowls from $13.49 to $11.49. We're eating it a little bit on cost, but it's either lose customers because they can't afford to eat or hope your customers see what you're doing and get more transaction count. In other words, keep people coming through the door. Greg says so far the strategy seems to be working. Traffic is up across his restaurants, and he's still doing other things, like he signed a beef contract to lock in prices for an entire year. He's never done that before. Those are the things that we're doing to sort of combat what's coming, because we don't know. We're not ever going to get back to the pre-COVID pricing. It's not going to happen. But we have to learn to manage it and set expectations. And the hope for both businesses and the Federal Reserve is that expectations return to a more stable place where people expect prices to go up just a little bit each year. But it'll take a few more months of inflation data to show whether that's really happening. This episode was produced by senior producer Viet Le with engineering from Catherine Silva. It was fact-checked by Dylan Sloan. Kate Kincannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash NPR. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR.